0: It's time now for Setting the Record Straight on KOHI with Melinda Bernard. You can call the show now at 503-397-1600 or toll-free at 877-397-1632. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KOHI, staff, management, or sponsors. Now, here's Melinda.
1: Good morning everyone, happy Friday. Welcome to Setting the Record Straight. This morning we're going to talk about Dolly Parton's Imagination Library and what it is, who is eligible to belong and why it is so vital for your child and actually all the children in the community. Joining me this morning is Claire Catt. Claire is the director of the Columbia County United Way. We're also joined this morning by Jeff Weiss. Jeff is the head librarian in Scappoose and emily armstrong emily is one of the children's librarian in scapoos welcome thank you everyone for joining me good morning so we all know that dolly parton is this amazingly talented woman she can play a variety of instruments she's a songwriter a singer an actress a humanitarian and um a literacy advocate and so let's talk claire would you start give us a little bit of background on dolly's Li- imagination Library and, and what it's all about.
2: Absolutely. So like many people, Dolly is just one of my idols. And like you said, she's so fabulous in so many ways and has a great love for giving back to community and um, and literacy, just like you said. So it was interesting. I As I was learning more about Dolly, um, I learned that she started an amusement park in her, her home community in um, East Tennessee. And it was called Dollywood. And there was a train and all this fun thing. It was a for-profit amusement park. And as that amusement park was becoming really successful, she then started the Dollywood Foundation. And giving back to community was always something that was really big on her heart. And how she did that initially is through um, the Dollywood Foundation would give college scholarships to local students in her community. And this was in the late 70s, early 80s. She was realizing that in her community, the problem wasn't affording college. The problem was just graduating high school. Their graduation rate was only at about 50% in this particular community in East Tennessee at that time. So Dollywood Foundation pivoted and like a lot of nonprofits do to meet their mission, they pivoted and they did a a short-term program that was focused at the high school age that was actually um, just gifted every high school graduate with $500 upon graduation. So an incentive program for graduation. And that really improved graduation rates. It was really surprising. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was really surprising to hear her staff talk about that made an improvement. Talking to the teachers though, the students still lacked a level of engagement and um, really core competencies that the teachers were hoping to see. They were graduating high school, they were kind of squeaking by, they weren't dropping out, but they weren't really super engaged. So the Dollywood staff in the early 90s started doing more work and research around really what makes um, an individual an engaged learner and a lifelong learner. And what they kept going back to was being read to at an early age. was like the thing that created lifelong learners. So in 1960, uh, sorry, in 1996, uh, the Dollywood Foundation rolled out the first round of Dolly Parton Imagination Library books. It was just in a small community uh, county in East Tennessee, only serving about 2000 students to start out. Um, but the program clearly
1: has grown very much. Okay, thank you so much. Right on. Um, according to um, the Imagination Library website, currently there are one million seven hundred and ninety-seven thousand six hundred and two children registered, and and that is amazing. And the number of books gifted um, is one hundred and fifty million plus, um, which is just fabulous. So, let's talk a little bit about what what this program, who, who does this program serve? So we talked, so she, she was aimed at high school kids and, and now we're talking about the other end of the spectrum.
2: Yeah, so this program serves um, children ages zero. So from birth through the fifth birthday. And what the program does is gifts a book. It's a gift from Dolly and from the child's community. Um, a book is mailed directly to the child, to their home address. United States Postal Service with the child's name on it every month. So if a kiddo is registered at birth by their fifth birthday or the month of their fifth birthday, they end up with a library or collection of 60 books that they can call their own.
1: Wow. And I'm assuming that these books are based on like scaled per month. So age appropriate. Is that right? Yes. So maybe it's like a touchy-feely book. I, I mean, what yeah yeah
2: so i actually have the list of books pulled up for 2021 i was just looking at this morning um so each birth year is kind of categorized into a group and the books rotate so um for example i have a four-year-old and a one-year-old they're both registered in the program we receive some duplicate books, um, like that my four-year-old received when he was one. My one-year-old gets some of those, and then she gets some different books. So they have a panel of experts, the Dollywood Foundation, um, that look at books annually and decide what books are in and what books are out. And they really have a variety of books around like both female and male protagonists, which I really enjoy, especially for my daughter to be able to read about. Um, some books are, have poetry in them, some are classics, like every child at their first book gets the little engine that could. Um, and they also have a, a good amount of diversity in the book. So for every age group, at least one, if not more than one book per year um, is bilingual. So both English and Spanish. Wow,
1: wow. So Jeff, I, I wanna ask you, l- let's talk about children's literacy just locally um scapoos um has a lovely library just amazing library and now i believe scapus and st helens are some somewhat coordinated um what do you see and i mean who are your biggest users of the library do you have an age bracket that do you track that like over 60 or under five
3: um Part of that is difficult to track just because a lot of people use an adult card instead of the checking out on the child's card. But as far as circulation goes, most of our circulation is in the child's age range. So that falls into a category of birth to 16.
1: Okay, okay, It's um, great.
3: And primarily it's the grade school range and the middle school range.
1: So obviously people in town use libraries, they're very um, obviously, especially now in, in COVID, We during COVID, during the pandemic, we seem to have a lot of downtime. Yeah. Um, but I wanna go back to to Claire, the zero to five. So is anyone eligible? Can anyone, I mean, what if um, you're high income, are you still eligible to be part of this program? Oh, that's a
2: great question, Melinda. Yes, Um. so The Dollywood Foundation has an expectation that every child in certain geographical areas, so Columbia County is the um, geographical area that our affiliate chapter represents, and every child from their birth to the um, month of their fifth birthday is eligible. No income eligibility requirements, no education requirements, no other requirements besides that. Um, I actually heard a really great story from a local kindergarten teacher. Um, She works in the St. Helens um, School District, public school teacher. And she personally is a donor to this program. So takes an automatic payroll deduction to donate a few dollars per month to the program. And she was sharing with me that um, she reads in her class one of the books that's included in Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. And that book's title is look out kindergarten here i come and it's a graduation book that every kid in the program gets um and as she was reading this either the first or second maybe third day of school when kids were in in in-person learning um last year she very quickly noticed that the diversity of the students who had exposure to this book so it wasn't just high-income kiddos who'd read it it wasn't just um, lower income or head start eligible kiddos who had been exposed to this book but really many of the students um everything from you know kiddos that she knew lived in trailer park communities to kiddos that she knew lived in gated communities uh, had exposure to this book and had had ownership of this book and I thought that was a really cool story to really create some um, equity in uh, access to literacy
1: that that is a great story and it creates community it creates Especially in, in kindergarten, when kids first meet, they have that in common. That it's a commonality that they can all recognize. Um, so, Emily, can you? How is the library connected to the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, or or are you, or do you support the books that they roll out? And if so, do you get a list? Do you know that they're coming? We
4: do. Um, we have access to the list that Claire was speaking to um, about what titles are added each year. Um, and so we can let parents know what's, what's ahead. And at our story times that we used to have in person, we would plug the Dolly Parton library and put the sign-up sheet in with people's books when they checked out just to make sure everyone had it or even assisting them to apply online and taking care of it that way. We've also developed a story walk outside of our library where we take apart um, two copies of a book to make a, a walking trail read-along. And one of the books that we just chose for our next one is a Dolly Parton Imagination Library. So we will be able to tie in that piece by saying, if you enjoyed that book, find your kid up, oh, kiddo up for more here. So can you t- describe the walk a little bit more? Yeah, um, what we do is and because children, we can't have kids in the library right now and people need to get out. We have attached each of the pages of the book to um, a yard sign, kind of like a political sign and stake to those in the ground around the library so um, families can walk around and read a page at a time, travel to the next page and get a little exercise and a little early literacy there. And then at the end, there is an extension activity available for them to take home, like a craft or an activity related to the book they read.
1: That's a great idea. Yes, had a lot of really good uh, feedback from that. Oh, I was gonna say, do you have um, yeah. any anyway. We had a little kid, a little kid showed up the other day and said,
4: where's the book that reads to you? I want to walk and read the book. (laughs) Because we were in between putting
1: them in, it was adorable. So so you're having a lot of families are utilizing that.
4: Yes, and we put a lot of stuff in our windows, um, covers of new books that are available to check out, and things to try to draw them to the library to remember that we're here and that we can provide for them.
1: So Jeff, the library is closed or is it just closed to the younger children?
3: It's close to browsing right now while we're in this um, extreme risk category. Um, we were open before we went into extreme risk um, by appointment so that we could keep a, a level of um, people in the library that was compliant with the state guidelines. And I expect once we come out of this extreme risk category, we will go back to that.
1: Okay, that's great. So it's, I love the fact that the Books are mailed to pe- to each child with their name on it, and um, so really during the pandemic, hopefully there really hasn't been a lag then, right? Because with libraries being limited hours or closed, obviously if they had to pick them up, they 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 wouldn't have, they might have missed out.
3: Um, a lag in which way?
1: Well, the I mean, Dolly
3: Parton Library.
1: Right, right. So once the books are mailed, then the child.
3: Is, right.
1: It might be a week or two delay, depending on if it's a holiday season. But this way, the books are continually coming to kids. That's
3: mm-hmm. correct.
1: Right. Okay. And do you often do any kind of cross-promotion? So if you know that this, like you were talking about the one one book, do you cross-promote it intentionally, or does it just sort of happenstance that you're choosing the same book to promote?
4: Well, that one we chose because uh, it fit our um, theme, kind of a hibernation and family Um, so that was kind of a lucky
1: uh, coincidence okay so Claire what is United Way's role in the Imagination Library if Dolly is is supporting it, her foundation is supporting it and I can't even imagine how much money she has spent on this um, why is United Way involved
2: Yeah, great question. So the Dollywood Foundation started this, as I said, in East Tennessee and as a foundation, they rolled it through um, most of Tennessee and realized it was so valuable, but they didn't have the resources to roll this out in fifty states and now even five different countries. Um, So they created an affiliate chapter model. So affiliate chapters such as United Way of Columbia County here in Columbia County, can um, register as an affiliate chapter. We do our own local fundraising to provide funds for the program and work in collaboration with Dollywood to make sure that kids get enrolled and registered. So we don't do anything to do with the mailings, um, but we do all of the enrollment and registration, community partner engagement, fundraising for the program um, and the, Dollywood is able to get the books at a dramatically reduced cost. We pay about two dollars and fifty cents per book per mailing, um, but that is a cost that here locally
1: our community pays for this program. Wow. Okay. That that's great. And how do you get the word out to 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 new moms? Maybe maybe people who are library users, but you know, it wasn't really in their you know their vision because they didn't have children, and now all of a sudden they have children. And when you have an infant, you are probably mostly trying to think about when you're gonna get a shower or get some sleep. So how do you get the word out to them?
2: In Columbia County, it is so hard because we don't have a hospital. So many counties, their model is enrollment right when a child is born, which is such a beautiful model. And I wish so much there was a way for us to implement that here. Um, It's really difficult because people are having their babies. I had my babies outside of the county. Um, So we rely a lot on our community partners such as WIC, Head Start, Community Action Team, private preschools and daycares. Um, So about once a year I try to kind of do a tour of um, everyone who might have touch points with young families, remind them about the program, give them registration information, flyers, etc. So we rely pretty heavily on those partners and
1: just word of mouth. Okay, and how many do we have enrolled in the county? Now, I just to before I get to that question, is the entire county um, eligible? The entire, all Columbia County? That is correct, the entire Columbia County. Regardless of where you live or your income? That is correct. And so how many do we have enrolled in the program right now?
2: I just, uh, as we've been on this call, approved four more kiddos. So we have 1,334 currently in the program. We've had 500 graduate out of the programs since 2018. So those have been kiddos who were enrolled, had their fifth birthday and are no longer part of the program, but are program graduates. Um, so we've reached quite a few kiddos.
1: That's amazing. So let's say you don't find out about the program until your child is six months and then you enroll. Do you get the, do you get the books that you missed or are you just starting with the age appropriate
2: That's correct. So um, kids start, every child receives the same welcome book. And that welcome book is the little engine that could. Um, So regardless of you enroll when you are four and a half or when you're zero, that's the first book you get. And then you're put kind of sequenced in your group. So you're receiving all of the other books that kids your same age are receiving. Um, and no, we don't prorate back to if someone enrolls later on in their childhood, they do not get the pre- previous months. Um, I think while that sounds like it would be wonderful to be able to offer, it also seems like it might be pretty expensive and the coordination might be cumbersome. So a uh, Dollywood Foundation just starts them with that entry book and then rolls them into their group, whatever book their group's on.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. And is there a limited number of available slots for folks?
2: No, that's why we're so excited to be here. Um, We have a coalition or group of uh, community partners who are really essential in making the Dolly Parton Library happen in Columbia County. So United Way of Columbia County, many of our local libraries, many of our local Head Starts and school districts, um, Kiwanis, everyone's really super engaged in this and we right now have funding to serve every eligible kiddo in Columbia county so we want to get everyone signed up um, census numbers say we have right around 2500 eligible kids so that would be half of um, we, we're we currently serving about half of the eligible kiddos in Columbia county
1: oh wow so um, Emily have have you noticed an, an uptick in parents interested in check in checking out books since the pandemic and, and actually, can you walk us through, what Jeff or Emily, walk me through, how do people get books if you can't come into the library right now?
4: It's been really a hard puzzle to solve. Um, fortunately, the community of uh, like-minded librarians on social media have really pulled together and been offering advice here and there and what worked in their community. And so we've been trying a lot of different things we're only open for curbside pickup at this point which works well for people who know what specific author or title they would like but we have a lot of people that would just come in and hang out and pick the prettiest cover and what their kiddo was into that day so we really had to adapt and create a lot of readers advisory programs um we've created a book match for adults who can fill in some authors and titles they like and then we do some suggestions from them and then we have a, a something for our teens called sweet on ya where we would um put together three or four or five books about something that they would like and put a little surprise treat for them in there and then we have a picture book bundle a surprise picture book bundle where we would take the child's age and interest interests and put together five or ten books and wrap those up and write their name and something cute on there for the kid to unwrap like a present Um, So we've done that. We've just started book bundles for people to pick up some mystery bags of items, something that might not have caught their eye. Uh, We've had to change a lot of our programming, um, getting our new books out to people who can't come in. We put the children's book covers in the back window, and people can come up and write down which ones they like, and we'll hand them to them out the door. Or um, little blurbs about our newest fiction for adults are out front by our to go kit and just a lot of taking the insight out to meet people where we can um, it's going okay. to change but we have seen we've still had quite a few people checking out uh, mostly our core regulars and we're struggling to try to get to the people who weren't coming to the library in the first place <laughs> so it would be great to figure that out
1: so, so jeff can people order books online If you're a library member, can you get on and say, oh, you know, there's the latest, I don't know, Spy Thriller is out, and I I know the author, and I can click on it, and then they're putting on a waiting list? Or how does that work?
3: Yes, if you go to our website, www.scapooslibrary.org, there's a link there that will link you directly into our library catalog, which we share with St. Helens. So, whether you're a St. Helens user or a Scapoose user, you can log in with your library card and put, put, put books on hold. And then it, um, it's a standard online catalog like you'd see on, say, Amazon. And you can type in the author, the title, or descriptors and, and get a list of results. And then from there, you can place things on hold. Um, and we pull holds multiple times a day because people will place stuff on hold that's checked in. So we'll pull them um, depending on how the account's set up. Then they'll automatically either get an email or we call them if they don't have email and then they can come in and pick up their books.
1: Okay, great. So Emily, I know that this campus Library had pre-pandemic a lot of read-alongs and they had crafts and and activities have you um thought about or maybe you have done some online read-alongs
4: we attempted early on in the pandemic to try to do some virtual zoom story times or facebook live story times and they really weren't well attended and i i personally subscribe that to um zoom burnout (laughs) parents just not wanting one more thing to do but we've had a lot of success with our just our physical to-go kit, we channel our story time in from an in-person thing to a to-go kit. So you get a little lunch bag full of a story, uh, a link to a YouTube video to watch, a book read aloud, a rhyme and a song based on the same theme, a craft with all the supplies put in there, and some ideas of how to incorporate literacy and play into that idea. So parents can take the, the information and have a story time app home with their child
1: and is this for a certain age group or do you we see it? Sort of developed for kids um,
4: between the ages of zero and five okay um, and then in it we started out about halfway through the pandemic earlier we were just doing craft kits for elementary school age kids so ideas like paper airplanes or creating things like that but the story time bags have really been well received that's, i think great. people are missing that
1: It's interesting that, I I mean, so a small, an infant, or let's say a six-month-old, if you're reading to a four-year-old, while the six-month-old might not quite get it, they're still listening and participating. So Mm -hmm. zero to five would encompass, you think, would keep the whole group somewhat occupied Mm -hmm. or interested, well, as long as they could be interested, I suppose. Right.
4: Even just singing or talking to your baby is an excellent early literacy piece that builds on the interest in books and in reading. So I think that piece is very important.
1: I think it's interesting. Um, So the Dolly Parton Library is listing um, one of the groups um, turning one and some of the themes that they have in their books. And it's vision, so they're bright, big, and colorful. Touch, you know, that like fuzzy or makes noise. Rhyme and rhythm, which is an all-time favorite, obviously simple, so it's easy to use. Minimal text, so a point and say a playful sound and nurture. So I thought this is obviously really, really well thought out, and she clearly has experts mm-hmm. who, are, who are guiding them, giving some them some idea of what to what to put in these books. So we are going to take a quick break, and we come back. I want to talk about all of the research, why it's important to reach your child, when to reach your child, and some of the science science behind it. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. This is setting the record straight. We'll be right back.
5: In response to the recent insurrection attempt at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, the Oregon Community Rights Network is hosting an online presentation that explores the ideas of democracy. The virtual event is Wednesday, February 3rd at 5.30 p.m. The presenter is Camila Vergara, whose book, Systemic Corruption, will be a centerpiece in discussing the United States and Camila's home country of Chile. Participants will explore what democracy is, whether the United States is a democracy, and a historical perspective of democratic movements. To participate in the virtual event on Wednesday, February 3rd at 5.30 p.m., email info at orcrn.org. That's info at ORCRN.org to attend the Oregon Community Rights Network online event.
6: Columbia River Carpet One in Rainier, Oregon is open for business, and we've taken the precautions of making everything safe. So if you want to come in to buy floor covering, now's the time at Columbia River Carpet One. We've got special prices on waterproof luxury tile. We stock it, and we have it on the special price right now from $1.99 a square foot. What a great buy. Carpeting, we've got several specials right now on carpeting where you can get the carpet installed with pad at one low price. So if you want to buy carpeting or you want to buy waterproof floors, you want to come to Columbia River Carpet one in Rainier, Oregon.
0: Bill Eagle, I heard that Columbia County Rider has reduced their rates. Yes, it's only $2 any place inside county. What? $2 in county? Only $2. What about outside the county? Okay, it's $3. Okay, Bill, so that's $2 in county, $3 outside the county, and... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, if you're a senior citizen, it's 2 one dollar in county and two dollars outside of county and that's cc Ryder. why don't you just meet me in the middle i'm losing my mind just a little it's setting the record straight on kohi with melinda bernard call the show now at 503-397-1600
1: We're talking about the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, how you can sign your child up, and why it is so vital that you read to your child. Um, Interestingly enough, um, a landmark study in 1985, called Becoming a Nation of Readers, concluded that the single most important activity for building knowledge for their eventual success in reading is reading aloud to children and joining me this morning to talk about the dolly parton imagination library and child literacy in general is claire katt claire is the director of the columbia county united way jeff weiss jeff is the head librarian in scapoos and emily armstrong emily is one of the children's libraries librarian in scapoos and uh thanks again everyone for joining me and so, so claire before we went to break we were talking about reading to your child when you should do it why you should do it and what are the benefits
2: yeah all the time because it will make them uh, more successful um, more interested and engaged learners um, build that parent-child connection you know as a mom one of my favorite things about reading to my own you know one and a half year old is physically we're close so we can feel each other so there's that physical warmth, Um, there's the the development of language, the poignant colors and pictures, it's just so fabulous. Um, But really, Dolly Parton Imagination Library, which started in East Tennessee, uh, they had a county, I believe that the name is Knox County, um, a neighboring county to where the Dollywood Foundation is. And they've been enrolled in the program and administering this program, getting books to kids for a very long time. And in the early 2000s, they thought, you know, we've done surveys. We know that parents report liking, liking the books, but really let's get some quantitative data. So, um, an educational researcher started really looking at um, enrollment in this program from birth to fifth birthday, and then how that predicted what they initially thought was just how does this predict kindergarten success? And they found very quickly that students who were enrolled in the program had about a 20-ish percent higher um, score in all standardized testing. So number of letters recognized, sounds recognized, um, you know, everything that those kiddos were tested on, it was about a 20% higher um, rate than their peers who were not enrolled in the program. This researcher in Knox County said, wow, this is really fascinating. Let's see how they do at the third grade standardized test. And at third grade, that same test group, both the participants and non participants, still the participants who had exposure and had books in their homes um, through the Dolly Front Imagination Library, again, about 20% give or take higher standardized test score in the third grade. They actually continued following that group of students in Knox County all through high school graduation. And the participants of the program had um, not only higher standardized test scores throughout their educational career, but a higher graduation a higher graduation rate. So I think this really just speaks to long-term love for learning, interest in learning, commitment, um, a family's commitment to learning and prioritization of learning. So I just think that that study is so fabulous. And I know that that particular researcher continues to look at um, populations who are enrolled in the program and long-term academic success.
1: Great. Wow, that's amazing. That is and that that cuts across socioeconomic lines, right? Yeah, it's interesting. there's been a lot of studies done. And one of the one of the things that they have found is that books, you know, are read by a person, right? And there isn't a laugh track and there isn't a musical score. You alone decide, What you think of the book and there are studies that point to an increase in critical thinking um, and self-confidence it's it's really amazing but once the dolly parton's books stop and a child gets into kindergarten um how do we keep this spark alive for folks who want to read how do we do that and i'm gonna i'm gonna toss that to one of our librarians jeff or emily well,
4: for the past couple of years, we've had the kindergartners uh, at the beginning of the year tour the library. as part of their uh, field trip. They would walk over and check out all the different parts of the library and have a story read to them. And we would uh, send home library card applications with each family, inviting them to the library and inviting them to be the hungry and <clears throat> to take advantage of the resources that we have.
3: And okay. at the library, we do allow people... Um... Any child that goes to a Scappoose School District school can get a library card.
1: So if they live outside the city limits at, at right. the Scappoose School, then they can get a library card for free? That's correct. And that's up to age 18?
3: Yes, up to graduation, age, age 18.
1: not <laughs> Yeah. Right, okay. All right. Oh, so I see. Up to graduation. So if you're 19 when you graduate or you're 17 when you graduate. Once you graduate, that's it. Well,
4: are still welcome to. use the library. We just have, a- <laughs> <laughs> have
1: our... <to> <laughs> right, right. And would that card also work in St. Helens, or is it only going to work for Scapoos?
3: If you have a Scapoos card, then you can get a card in St. Helens, too. We have an agreement with each other.
1: Okay. We're
4: both part of the uh, Oregon Passport Library Program, where you can take your card from your home library and access it in a different county. You could take our card in Scottsbluff or in Saint Helens and uh, get a passport card in Washington County or Multnomah County, or if you're visiting the beach, <laughs> wherever you go, you can try to use your passport card.
1: I think that that passport program is pretty interesting. It also, I believe, gives you discount entrances to like the Japanese Garden and some of the. There's a there's a wide variety of of uh, things attached to the passport. Um, my family actually uses the passport but we haven't gone anywhere in a year so um, you know maybe post pandemic right yeah so what about engaging um, you know engaging kids and I know schools do a great a great job of that and great engaging kids once they're in kindergarten getting them interested in reading getting them in interested in listening to a story how does an Think screen time affects that. I'm sure, as a library, you've seen. I mean, or, or do you have any any sort of data on screen time versus reading time? And and do you think that's affected um, how often people use the library?
3: Well, um, studies have shown that the best indicator of high school success and high school graduation is actually third grade reading performance on standardized (laughs) tests. So, um, third grade, third grade, right.
4: That's interesting. Third grade is kind of the beginning of the shift from learning how to read, uh, to reading to learn. So that's when you're starting to access your subject areas instead of just learning the mechanics of reading. Okay. So if children are successful and feel confident in their reading by third grade, ready to dive into subjects like science that may interest them in a the career leader or inspire them to graduate so there's really a shift there between third and fourth so that makes sense
1: interesting and, and so how does that translate to what the library can offer
3: well um for that age range then we have a wide variety of different subjects and items we also um When we're not under COVID restrictions have story times that are focused at different age ranges so there's a toddler story time because uh, studies also show that um, by the time a child's 18 months old there are all there can already be gaps in their vocabulary emerging and if those gaps aren't addressed in some way then they just accelerate up through um the third grade level so there's, there's
1: understanding different like they've never been exposed to these these words.
3: That's right, yes um, if they if they have a lim- if they start out with having a limited vocabulary um, during that prime brain development time, then it's something that follows them through life.
6: Wow. Oh.
5: And
4: story time is an important piece for that because a lot of the rhymes and songs are repetitive and introduce new vocabulary in ways that the children have heard before. So inserting new words into familiar songs really increases a child's vocabulary and um, attachment to what is happening. So increases their excitement for learning. Just- That's what we really missed about the pandemic is our story time because it was a connection for um, community members and also a chance for kiddos
1: to learn. And Dr. Seuss seemed to be a master, but I just remind, remember me, he used the word credenza in one of his books, right? And like, do we even use the word credenza? But I know what it is now, you know, but people would have gone, what's a credenza, right? Do you remember all that in one of his books? So that's interesting.
2: Melinda it makes me just reflect as I was hearing this conversation around you know vocabulary usage and and in front of me I had I have one of Axel he's my four-year-old I have one of his Dolly Parton Imagination Library books in front of me that he was sitting on my lap reading while I was trying to work you know yesterday because we're all working from home and teaching our kids and um this this particular book the title is Raccoon on His Own so it's a nature book mm-hmm. and there are words like swamp and dawned and um, uh, what else, nudged, words that when I'm talking to my family, you know, and say, hey, Axel, put on your shoes, they're not typically vocabulary words that I would be using um, when talking to my family, not because we lack vocabulary, but just because it's not part of our regular um, language. So I think that's another thing that's really great about all books, and specifically the books that Dolly Parton's Imagination Library has picked out, is really the robust exploration of vocabulary. So, Before before entering kindergarten, they're exposed to, you know, all different kinds of words like crunchy crawfish. I mean, how that just makes me, it it makes me interested.
1: That's a great point. Storytime time for older kids is really interesting because I, re- in elementary school, they were reading out loud until fifth or sixth grade, and I re- remember reading a book to my kids, and they they were just about three and a half years apart, and it was even the older one was listening as I read to the younger one, and they were third and I think sixth or seventh grade at the time, and it's you're still capturing their imagination, and sometimes people just like to hear a story out loud. So, what would you think, Emily, about? You know, right now, people are so busy. They're, like you said, we're spending all our time on Zoom. And parents might not have the time during the day at lunchtime to sit down and read. What about an audio book? That, does that achieve the same? I mean, you're not, I'm not talking maybe for a four-year-old, but for an older child. Oh, you Even for anything. a four-year-old.
4: I would suggest that even
1: for a four-year-old, definitely. Really?
4: Um, we have uh, just purchased from the library some books that we'll read aloud to you. They each have a little speaker in them. And it tells you when to turn the page, so those are a great early literacy thing that takes pressure off parents, and the children can either choose to turn on or off. Um, but I also think I listen to audiobooks with my six-year-old, and he may not be understanding all of those, you know, high-level vocabulary words, but he's hearing the story and he's hearing how words and sentences are constructed and how uh, a story is told, and it's really important to have a someone who is reading well read
1: to you so you're not trying to understand great we are going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to hear from our guests what their favorite books are and the books that they would recommend and we're going to talk about Scapu's 100th anniversary celebrations we'll be right back this is setting the record straight
5: In response to the recent insurrection attempt at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, the Oregon Community Rights Network is hosting an online presentation that explores the ideas of democracy. The virtual event is Wednesday, February 3rd, at 5.30 p.m. The presenter is Camila Vergara, whose book, Systemic Corruption, will be a centerpiece in discussing the United States and Camila's home country of Chile. Participants will explore what democracy is, Whether the United States is a democracy and a historical perspective of democratic movements. To participate in the virtual event on Wednesday, February 3rd at 5.30 p.m., email info at orcrn.org. That's info at orcrn.org to attend the Oregon Community Rights Network online event.
6: Columbia River Carpet One in Rainier, Oregon is open for business, and we've taken the precautions of making everything safe. So if you want to come in to buy floor covering, now's the time at Columbia River Carpet One. We've got special prices on waterproof luxury tile. We stock it, and we have it on the special price right now from $1.99 a square foot. What a great buy. Carpeting, we've got several specials right now on carpeting where you can get the carpet installed with pad at one low price. So if you want to buy carpeting or you want to buy waterproof floors, you want to come to Columbia River Carpet one in Rainier, Oregon.
0: Bill Eagle, I heard that Columbia County Rider has reduced their rates. Yes, it's only $2 any place inside county. What? $2 in county? Only $2. What about outside the county? Okay, it's $3. Okay, Bill, so that's $2 in county, $3 outside the county, and... If you're a veteran, if you're a student, if you're a senior citizen, it's 2 one dollar in county and two dollars outside of county and that's cc rider why don't you just meet me in the middle i'm losing my mind just a little it's setting the record straight on kohi with melinda bernard call the show now at 503-397-1600 why don't
1: you just me in the middle and we're back we're wrapping up our conversation this morning about children's li- literacy and the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. And Claire, I wanted to talk to you really briefly about a unique, um, I would say, a unique thing about the, the book and how it can help parents. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So.
2: Um, one one thing, one of many things that makes Dollywood Imagination Library books really special is on the front cover. There are um, some ways to enhance child's learning while reading the books. So there are discussion question prompts to use with your kiddos. There are some ideas of crafts or activities to do with kids as you're reading the book. So sometimes, if you're like me. Um, thinking about child's literacy is really very very important for my kiddos but I don't always feel confident that I'm doing it the right way and these books just give some tips and tricks of how to continue your kids learning and expansion of knowledge um, through maybe other dialogue or other activities related to the books.
1: Great thank you and Claire can you give us the website address on how to sign up?
2: Yes absolutely so if you know of a zero through almost five-year-old who is not part of Imagination Library but lives in Columbia County, there are a few ways to sign up. The easiest is going to imaginationlibrary.com. That's all one word, imaginationlibrary.com. You'll enter your zip code. That will take you to our affiliate chapter and you can enter the information. Um, Certainly, if that is a barrier, always emailing or calling United Way of Columbia County is an option or many of our libraries have Paper enrollment forms you can use as well.
1: Great, thanks. And then Claire is going to put the um, email address on the setting the setting the record straight Facebook page after the show. So, Emily, what is your? Can you give me one or two of your favorite childhood books or books that you love to read, or that you think that children love? Oh my goodness!
4: My own personal childhood uh, favorites were the Ramona series by
1: Portland author Beverly
4: Cleary. I have yet to share those with my kid because not really his interest, but. My most recent or more modern are uh, books by Mo Willems. He is an excellent, uh, just incredibly clever author for books for really young children. There's a beginning to read series called Elephant and Piggy. These are instantly new classics. There's about 20 of them. And it's crisp, clear drawings, hilarious, subtle joke that five-year-olds will be rolling on the floor, 40-year-olds will be chuckling. It's
1: amazing. He's Elephant and Piggy. Right. <laughs> excellent. And, and Jeff, what about you?
3: I have uh, very distinct memories of going to Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana, and checking out all of the Oz books in order.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then when I was in middle school, I uh, discovered Tolkien and then read all the Tolkien books in order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ex- excellent.
1: And Claire, right now, you your children are, are quite young, and you're, you've been reading a lot of books to them. Have, do you have a favorite or maybe something from your childhood?
2: You know, our family are Dr. Seuss lovers. That Those classics um, are what we choose every single night to read to bed. So it doesn't matter if it's July, we're probably reading How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs>
1: it's funny how kids go get into a a routine and that's all they want to hear and then till um, you know all of a sudden nope no more then they're on to something else (laughs) so so Jeff you want to talk a little bit about the 100-year celebration in Scappoose and the library's part in that
3: yes um there's a a citizen committee actually that's planning a 100-year celebration Um, Scappoose is an incorporated city um, that's 100 years old this June um, and so, we're our big city event this year will be a celebration of that hundred years. Um, we have a history website for Scaphoose that has been set up by Les Waters, and it's at Scaphoose100.com. And he's got pictures from the Historical Society and the museum, and a little bit of history on. Who the mayors were in the past and all those sort of things um, and we're planning a two-day celebration then um, august 13th and 14th in Scappoose and all the city parks with a lot of events and historical speakers and other programs
1: and this is um and this is pandemic or not
3: It's contingent on the pandemic. We've decided that we would have a go, no-go decision by April 1st. So things do depend on how how the vaccine rollout's going.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. You know, and speaking of the pandemic, I know we've all been busy and parents are busy and we're in front of the screens a lot. Emily, you mentioned something at at break about how to read a book. And Claire touched on a little bit with the Dolly Parton guide on the side, on, on the jacket of the books that give you ideas where you can pause. And like you were saying, and, and I remember doing this too, you're tired and you want your child to go to bed, right? <laughs> and so you just want to make it through the book. But sometimes they were like, well, well, what about, well, why isn't, you know, why isn't the raccoon square? Why Or whatever, you know, they ask these crazy questions. Is there a good way to read a book? Is it okay to stop? You don't have to go through the whole book.
4: Well, Well, there are so many ways to enjoy a book. You can read it through as is and read every single word. You can uh, challenge your child to read it through with you and say, let's go on a color hunt. Let's look for all the brown things we can find in this book. Or can we find something really big and really small? You're not even reading the book necessarily, but you are using the pictures and the text to create a new experience for your child each time you read it. So an old favorite can become a new adventure in that way. A lot of parents can feel bound by the text in the book and not want to branch out because they might feel like they'd be doing it wrong or not knowing what to do or feeling embarrassed, but there's really no wrong way to read a book with a kid. Got a kid on your lap, you're snuggling, reading that book, looking through, talking, that's developing the brain connections that will make your kid a reader. That's the way to raise a reader.
1: Is there a recommendation of how many minutes a night you should be reading to your children?
4: literally all of
1: them no I, i don't have any scientific studies but
4: i know that i read to my child since birth and now he's completely above grade he will read anything that's amazing so just creating that environment in your house setting aside that time each night is really important and it doesn't have to be at bedtime when we're all just totally spent it can be during lunch instead of having the tv on during lunch read a book with your kid read to them while they're eating i used to read to my kid in the bathtub because he was sitting still for once (laughs) that's a great idea Reading can be anywhere we have books in our bathroom sometimes he'll go excuse himself and come out an hour later and tell me about why rainbows are
1: (laughs) all the different colors (laughs) and claire what about you what do you do you have a minimum amount of time you think that no to,
2: my ears perked up because as a mom, you know, I've always wanted to do things right, so I was waiting for the expert librarian to to impart her wisdom on me, but you know, we practice the same thing at our house. Books books are everywhere. Books are in every I can't think of any room that we don't have. Well, maybe not the laundry room, it's unfinished, but I think every room of our home as books um, and they're all easy to access. Um, you know, one thing that I couldn't stand growing up is books had to be neat and tidy on a shelf and they were up high, almost like they were out of um, like out of kids area. And that's one thing that I will never do is put my kids, put my books up somewhere where they're not able to, you know, be in the hands of kids all the time. So I think lots of books everywhere in the house and where your kids can mess them up and it's still okay yeah accessibility is key definitely um we have been distributing outside
4: the front of the library in our pop-up library that you don't need a card you just come by and take what you want bring it back when you're done there's no connection to an account or anything so if you just strolling by grab a book bring it back in and where in front of the library is that where is that okay. in front of our library we have a little pop-up library
1: Okay. Okay. A little pop up. Okay.
4: We all see kids reading books on the playground.
1: <laughs> it's great. Oh, that's really great. Mm-hmm. And and what about screen time? Um, do we? I, I especially with everyone sort of maxed on screens. At least the parents. Should parents try to keep screen time down and encourage more reading? I mean, obviously that answer is yes. But how do you, how do we do that? Anybody want to take that?
2: If anyone has the answer, they can send it to me because as a mom of three working from home, I need all the help I can get.
4: Right. right. If, if you're selective with what your children are viewing, it can be really helpful. I know what's worked for us is the Epic Reading app, which is just a couple dollars a month or free if your teacher has subscribed to it if they're in the public schools. But it's a link to a lot of audiobooks and picture books you can read online and um, books that will read to you that's a great way to um let the
1: kids still have screen time but they're still engaging with literature okay that that's, that's actually a really great idea and what's the app called it's called epic epic E P I C.
4: yeah at the beginning of the pandemic they made it available for teachers to give out to their students for free i'm not sure where it still stands but um if you wanted a subscription i think it's like eight dollars a month or something. okay
3: And the library also has a lot of uh, children's eBooks and Mm -hmm. um, e-audiobooks in our ebook collection.
4: Yeah, those can be downloaded with your library card.
1: Okay. All right, well, I just wanna thank you all again for taking the time to talk about children's literacy excuse me, and Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Once again, you can find all that information on Setting the Record Straight's Facebook page. You can also go to imaginationlibrary.com and click on it from there. You all know how to get to the Scappo's library, I hope, and you can also get that online. I just want to, once again, really appreciate you taking the time. We're going to be back next week. That's it for us today. Have a great week. This has been Setting the Record Straight. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm
3: losing
0: my mind just a little. You've been listening to Setting the Record Straight with Melinda Bernard on KOHI. Listen again next Friday here on AM 1600. You can email the show, kohi.radio at gmail.com or email Melinda, radio at gmail.com.